1: That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
2: Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as a big believer in privacy, except for the people covering up the scandals in Washington. But in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair is Nula O'Connor, the president and CEO of the Center for Democracy and Technology. Previously, she worked at companies like Amazon and General Electric and was the chief privacy officer for the US Department of Homeland Security. Nula, welcome to Recode Decode. So delighted to be here. Um, so uh, there's so much to talk about. We, you just started, we were just talking before this taping started about what your themes are. And uh, I think, did you say a war going on, essentially, right? I
3: described it as a holy war, yes. which is really saying something, given that I was born in Belfast, yes. Northern Ireland. Okay, so I all right, know we're going to
2: get to that. But first, <laughs> I want you to explain how you got to where you are, worked at these companies, and, sure. and what the Center for Democracy and Technology does. Thank you so it's
3: much. It's here in D.C. That's right. right. We are here in D.C. and in... Brussels and around the world. Mm-hmm. We are a nonprofit 501c3 charitable organization focused on the rights of the individual in the internet age, in the mm-hmm. digital world. So human rights, privacy, freedom mm-hmm. of expression, freedom of association, security, anti-government surveillance. So mm-hmm. we are centered on the human. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, the rights of the human, I hope, are still predominant in our in our structure, and obviously the values of a democratic society mm-hmm. around the world, which are in peril, I like to say. The democracy is in peril at home here in the United States. And Elsewhere in the world, and so how do we? And how did it start? What was the? Who's funding it? Um, the the original. I am not completely transparent. It's all on our website. The original Hardy band of internet advocates and internet human rights advocates around the dawn of the commercial internet, 1994. So mm-hmm. we're celebrating our 25th anniversary, mm-hmm. and they are people like Jerry Berman, Deirdre Mulligan, who's mm-hmm. now at Berkeley, Danny Weitzner, who's now at MIT, Jonas Seiger here in DC, Jan laurie Goldman, who's now in New York, and. Grew over time, both in D.C. and in Brussels. Mm-hmm. Funded in parts by foundations, by companies, by individuals, by fundraising events. A diversified portfolio. There is right. no one major funder. Is that Eric Schmidt
2: wandering uh, no, around trying to influence you know, things? I
3: could. I'll be happy to take his money. <laughs> I'll, I, frankly, I say I'll take anyone's money. Eric wanders around and, trying to influence really things. Really does it, well. A little well, bit.
2: That's, that's true. Sure. Uh, um,
3: very diversified portfolio. Yeah. But no one funder determines what we stand for. We stand for the human. Right. And okay. what we think is. All great right. And things.
2: and you work. Give me your background a little bit. Yes. So I am a lawyer
3: by—I'm tra- a recovering lawyer, as people like to say. I've worked in government, in the private sector, in big companies and small companies. Um, previously to CDT, I was at Amazon as a data governance person, General Electric for a long, long time. The once great General uh-huh, Electric company. The once great. Um, it will be great again. I, you know, no, will <laughs> right, Exactly. But great training as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, federal government, Homeland Security in the startup days, mm-hmm. uh, doing data privacy and private practice of law and a little company. At, way back at the beginning of the internet, called DoubleClick, mm-hmm. which is an online advertising company now owned, owned by, by Google, Google. which exactly. is the most
2: sneaky of the companies. DoubleClick or Google, which well, <laughs> well, Google bought a company that really did spy on people quite beautifully. It's, it was it's really the begin. That was the it was company. the earliest days. It was First,
3: 1999. Yeah. They'd gotten they got into it some it trouble. They didn't have a
2: business. They didn't Google did not have a business and started to really uh, go hop up on advertising and which required a lot of data, which is the lifeblood, lifeblood of the, is the fuel as Roger McNamee free, free services, said. right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: These were the old old. Data days when you know people were afraid of cookies. Yeah. And I think what that company was doing back then it looks positively oh, visiting absolutely. compared to right, what we do you know, now. Right, but you know, so. NULA,
2: free ain't free. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. uh, that's my new that's my new shirt I like that. Free that's free. good. So, like that. uh, to, what, what did you do for the Department of Homeland Security? It was the Chief Privacy what Officer. What does that mean? Like, this Means was the, when look, it started? It, when it
3: started. So, it was the first statutorily required Chief Privacy Officer in any federal agency, which meant mm-hmm. I was responsible for looking at the data uses of all of the divisions. Right, because so they
2: have all sorts of They have all spy. sorts of
3: data, right. and, the, you know, the question is, do they really need that? And mm-hmm. How are they using it? And are they being honest and transparent with the citizens and visitors to this country? So they have data not only about U.S. citizens. Talking about
2: drones flying over the borders. Right, and
3: emerging technologies. I mean, at the time I was there, this is, you know, what, right after 2001— their big issues were airport security and screening people at the airports and body scanners and, and those sorts of things. But, you know, we and I had a great champion in my boss, Tom Ridge, who said, you know, we, we want to keep the values of this country as well as the people safe. And the values are mm-hmm. freedom of movement and freedom of association and, and freedom from uh, ubiquitous surveillance. Mm-hmm. So I had a great champion. It's great to have a good boss. Um, and we had a lot of freedom to run in that department because it was so new. And you know it was a f- issue you, of first impression. And, and
2: you and how do you think that's evolved since then? Have they, they, they continue to have privacy officers?
3: Every agency that I'm aware of now has, now has federal home. privacy has officers. Um, that that office that I helped start is still alive and kicking and doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these are really difficult, difficult times. times. We're going to talk about that in a minute. government And employees. so
2: tell me what you all do. What do you do? What is you do do a do? advocate for of, humans? What does right, that mean?
3: We do a lot of long form research and writing. So okay. you know foundation grants. One of our biggest projects right now, I'm really excited about, is studying and helping advocate for better cybersecurity in voting technology. So we've mm-hmm. got this across the country uh, funded by the Democracy Fund, a, a foundation to help secretaries of state and state election officials get better and, and do the, at least the very not only the minimum, but get to a baseline level of data hygiene and security hygiene so that our country can trust that their vote is counted and that it is counted accurately. So I'd like to say in the, in the last two years, we are going back to the fundamentals of democracy and, and mm-hmm. we're taking the democracy for a test ride in the United States and generally.
2: So when you do the re- research mm-hmm. paper stuff, what's your goal? What is the goal? The goal
3: is to help secure voting technology. In this mm-hmm. case, it's help secure the democracy mm-hmm. and help people have confidence mm-hmm. that their vote is counted. Right. Um, this we, is a big We literally go, go, and I have talked about Yes, this. and we go door-to-door, literally, to the states and to the secretaries of state, and we have seminars and we have webinars. We do some teaching. We do that sort of mm-hmm. thing. We're doing similar work in education technology mm-hmm. and education data, helping state— level officials improve their education data systems, make sure Mm -hmm. they're secure, making sure they're not buying kind of vaporware from external parts. That's a big issue is the transfer of data from the private sector to the public sector and the sale of goods and services that are data collecting and the use of commercial technologies in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I'm a parent. I'm very concerned about what my kids are seeing and what they're using.
2: And your goal when you do these things is to do what? What is is to convince legislators? To improve
3: policy in both the private sector and in the government. So right. it started really, you're asking where it stand, 1994, direct-to-government advocacy, Capitol Hill lobbying, saying, mm-hmm. you know, don't pass this law, do pass this law, improve privacy and security for end users, whether it's government data collection or private sector. Mm-hmm. I think what I call our direct-to-company advocacy, which is going to companies and saying— don't do that, you know, mm-hmm. or do that differently. Or if you do that, people are going to be really upset about it. I actually think that's in, in some ways much more effective, given how things are moving slowly on Capitol mm-hmm. Hill right very now. Special. If you can get We're a very big about, company to yeah. make a change in their privacy policy or stop a data collection so or stop, would practice. you be
2: akin to like a GLAD? Or I'm trying to think of a like a compare. GLAD goes around and sort of shames companies into
3: a little bit. We we both cajole, mm-hmm. we we sweet talk, we mm-hmm. we criticize when necessary. Um, you know, our partners in advocacy are everyone from the ACLU to you know any number of privacy groups to um, I'm thinking in other areas the Environmental Defense Fund you mm-hmm. know people they both work right. with and against companies when necessary to right. say these are the practices these are the best practices in what you do mm-hmm. and I'm just reading an article I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you um, in a minute on the analogy between environmental compliance and privacy oh, and so data compliance right excited to
2: call tech companies, chemical companies, and they
3: uh, oh, Have you read idea? Judy Estrin's yeah. work no, on oh wait, digital pollution? Yes, exactly. I'm a big fan. And this is a theme that's been going around for a long, long time. Right. One, of, one of the oldest kind of um, privacy lawyers, uh, you know, in, in the field—I don't mean that age-wise, I mean that in terms of experience—Lisa Soto in New York started her career as an environmental lawyer. She's the first person to say to me, you know, the bell curve of— Criminal act or, or bad act and cleanup and self-regulation and regulation, it's exactly the same bell curve right. we're seeing in the environmental yeah. world. Now we're seeing in data. Absolutely.
2: How did you get into this? What was your—why Why did oh, you come to this place? Because you did privacy for the thing. Get into were, CDT or in, yeah. and data and privacy. Yeah, no, general, come here. But, Yeah, why was this um, It
3: was summer of Snowden. Mm-hmm.
2: Summer of Snowden. Summer of Snowden. Oh, the summer of Snowden. No two summers of Snowden. You the same. know, exactly. And I think
3: there's actually analogies to the Snowden revelations and the Cambridge Analytical mm-hmm. revelations. I want to talk about that in a okay. minute. The, the, the aha moment for people. in oh, the data is moving in a place and in a way, and mm-hmm. to an extent that I did not know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's summer of Snowden. I'm, you know, at a big company. And all these revelations come out. And it implicates not only commercial data projects and processes, but national security. And I'm thinking— I've done both of those. I've been a privacy officer in a private company. I've been a privacy officer in the government. I believe we can do this better. I believe that we can keep the country safe Mm -hmm. and be judicious and restrained in our Mm -hmm. use and our collection of data about human beings. Mm -hmm. But you have to make hard and deliberative and transparent choices. Right. And this is not what is happening here. Right. So tell me, what was the revelation? So you— The summer of Snowden was that, you know, all these companies had been— both surreptitiously and kind of permanently transferring and what data. what did
2: that do? What, what was your re- you My reaction surprised was— surprised by this? Yes.
3: I mean, you know, and I work not in this me. area. Not me. I was of course, there I was surprised by the ongoing kind of ubiquitousness of it. Really? I mean, I certainly know, having been on both sides of that as I joke, I've, I'm guilty of all of these things. I've been on both <laughs> sides of that conversation saying, give us the data. Or don't give us the data. Or we're not going to give you the data. But— the kind of blasé, like, oh, it just happens, and it's all yeah. okay. No, that is not what people— I think, right. yes, it's true. Americans' expectations have changed, sharpened, mm-hmm. and improved on this issue. And also, you know, I think we are right to demand a level of transparency and accountability, mm-hmm. both from companies and from governments. Right. And, and this job was available, and I thought, you know what? This is an opportunity to be involved and really to serve the public. again, mm-hmm. it's not unlike being in the government and feeling like you're in public service and right. trying to do the right thing.
2: right. Well, there's a lot of these companies, you know, there's besides the companies washing around. There's a lot of these groups watching around where you're trying to do it and try to get to a place which was in these areas, and each of them approaches it from a different angle whether it's privacy or uh, or the ACLU or the EFF or things mm-hmm. like that. Right. So let's talk a little bit about where it's going and then in the next section we'll talk about sort of what the big issues you see as and and how it's going to resolve itself. But what do you think the goals right now for these kind of thoughts are? Is it privacy? Is it uh, less uh, data collection? Is it transparency of data collection? You know, and we've talked all about
3: privacy, and we haven't even talked mm-hmm. about the other seven things, you know, yeah. divisions at CDT, including free expression and anti-surveillance mm-hmm. and open internet and well, net neutrality all and all that good stuff. So, it, But you're right. It is all related. And so while I think, you know, privacy and data are probably the levers I'm mm-hmm. the most familiar with from mm-hmm. my own career um, and certainly are front and center in the legislative dialogue right now in Capitol Hill, I think it is a combination of so- – it's really power it's really about power and mm-hmm. voice for the individual. Mm-hmm. And do I understand my world? What am what am I seeing? And the power of the algorithm and the power of the, the, the feed of information that I receive. I think the calls for antitrust and kind of breakup of institutions mm-hmm. may not be the best legal tool mm-hmm. in the arsenal right now. Mm-hmm. If the goal is to Rebalance the power between individual and institution and the, the oil, the currency, the flow is data. I, again, maybe it's my human-centric and also my kind of a privacy-centric view of the world. I think giving more control and agency to the individual in their own data and constraining the uses, particularly mm-hmm. secondary uses and, and onward transfer and all that good stuff, right. are a more relevant way. Mm-hmm. And the point I made and the point I made in congressional testimony is, listen, Cambridge Analytica was a tiny little company, had a heck right. of a lot of data, right. made a big impact. An antitrust analysis would not apply to a 14-person company outside of the United States. And yet the the harm was still real.
2: Right. Sketch out, before we get into the next section, what you think the biggest issues are ongoing right now? What are the ones that are really coming front and center right now? Because there's so many, there's so many, there's so many going on. And, you know, I've written about the Internet Bill of Rights and the difference in there's net no neutrality obviously. From your perspective, what do you think is front and center? Obviously, Facebook has sucked up the oxygen around it has right. misuse of the platform, yeah. date, what happens to data, and also addiction there, that sort of flies in from the left, and general misuse of the platform or inability think- to control it the biggest issue confronting the internet ecosystem right
3: now is speech.
2: Speech and
3: responsibility. And and that's because we just spent 10 minutes talking about data and privacy. But I actually think privacy is a no-known at this point. Mm -hmm. I think people get it. I think you can be skeptical if you want to be about the many companies in many different areas of the economy who are now calling for privacy Mm -hmm. regulation. But I think it's at the arc. It's at the peak of the arc, and it is likely to happen. I think that's great, and Mm -hmm. I welcome all the new voices and players at the table. And I think that privacy is a debate that does not only— impact internet companies. It's any company that has information about customers and clients and, and partners, and, and the data should be the mm-hmm. same on or offline. It's It should be a trust equation for your commercial thing. I think our con- national conversation around speech and how much the intermediaries, whether they be online platforms, newspapers, television, radio, mm-hmm. whatever— what responsibility, what is the corporate social responsibility in the digital age Hmm. for the kinds of ideas and speech and information you are purveying? I think that is actually the harder question because it Mm -hmm. is, and you wrote beautifully about it in one of your op-eds recently, um, the intersection of our old line First Amendment free expression values in this country, which Mm -hmm. CDT has held dear and held firm to for 25 years, Mm -hmm. and the new reality that... The speed, velocity, volume, scope, scale, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call Amplification is a word. Weaponization is a word. Well I it is weaponization of, mm-hmm. of speech and ideas. I call it the weaponization of the First Amendment that's it's, what I It's it's really true. And I, I don't well I was going to say don't get me started. Do get me started on the okay, privilege involved yeah. in saying speech, free speech for all. Well, your speech Whether it's louder, faster, better, white, male, Ivy League, Northeast Mm -hmm. United States, which is fundamental to the algorithm of some of the platforms, drowns out the speech Mm -hmm. of women or immigrants or people of color or non-native speakers or whatever. So I think there is an inherent privilege in the very architecture Mm -hmm. of some of the online experiences we have that is unseen by their creator. Oh, I see it. They see it.
2: They do They want to see it's it. All intentionally. Right. <laughs> We're here with Nula O'Connor. She's the president and CEO of the Center for Democracy and Technology, uh, which is having a problem. That you're, you're, the very name that you have is fighting <laughs> with each other, democracy and technology. We're going to take a quick break now, and we'll be back after this.
0: Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor. What's a mistake they made that changed their approach? And how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.
1: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there
2: We're here with Nuala O'Connor, the president and CEO of the Center for Democracy and Technology. And I was just joking, like, democracy and technology seems to be at cross purposes. Do you think that's the case? Your name, you're going to have to change it your name. It doesn't have to be. How about no, the Center for Democracy hates technology? Listen, we are right in the
3: in The Center right? That technology kills democracy. I have never it? gotten so lucky with a job, right? I'm yeah. right in the middle of everything, right, right? Are, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Why aren't uh-huh. people giving us lots of money to fight mm-hmm. this good fight? No, the fight right. is What's the making fight? technology work for democracy, right. to be in service of democracy, that mm-hmm. we all—I think the good question is, we're asking ourselves— in the last Mm -hmm. several years. Are you for it or against it, right? right? Are you for democracy? I am for democracy. I am willing to stand on principle that it is the best of all the other organizing options and technology can serve those interests. But it has to be intentional and thoughtful. And that's what we were talking about a minute ago that... Is the inherent architecture of the platform, the construct, the entity that you're engaging with, is it in favor of? Mm-hmm. Is it supporting the values of democracy? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and and are we just sort of banding about the flag of the First Amendment and saying, right. well, it's all okay because everybody right. can talk? Right.
2: All right. So let's go through some of the things. When I mean, you said it's a holy war. Explain that idea because that's a big—you're using a very uh, loaded, loaded term. Loaded term. You're yeah. absolutely right, and yeah. I should
3: probably be more careful about that. What I mean is the recent— discussion about the enterprise uh, access and and Apple turning off Googles and Facebooks was um, perhaps from the outside view, not a big deal. But it was kind of a big slap in the face, right? There was a, a lot behind that, I think, and a lot more intentionality. And I think that—and I think you've written about and other people have written about it, that as the larger tech companies start to encroach on each other's space, right? They're no longer truly separate and segregated— Um, We're seeing some real conflict and Mm -hmm. friction. Mm -hmm. I also think we're seeing potentially real alternative visions of how Mm -hmm. a company uses your data and your information. And so I guess that's that's the the war that I see or the, the conflict I see is the narrative about how much of my data is mine. And I don't really like the U.S. construct of ownership. I don't think of it Mm -hmm. as a property right. I think of it as a human right. I'm probably more European in that sense, or at Mm -hmm. least a sense of the construct I use is the digital self, that my data is an extension of me. You're hearing my voice right now. The person listening to this podcast is hearing my voice. Um, You now have some interest in it. You can turn around and say, well, she said that, or wasn't that Mm -hmm. dumb, or whatever. But it's still my voice. I still retain some ongoing interest. From a property law construct, that would be like an ongoing interest, a covenant that runs with the land. Um, I think of it more as like it's, Sort of a body part, right? It, mm-hmm. It's attached mm, to me, story, yeah. and I have ongoing rights in it, and interest in keeping it safe, and mm-hmm. and and it being mm-hmm. used appropriately and effectively in my interest. That you you're familiar your with body the body parts, a good idea, yeah, but no, right? Get, yeah, yeah, that's maybe too far, but parts. um, yeah, especially as female, think about it, female. But um, it. you're familiar with the Jonathan Zittrain and um, yeah. Jack Balkan construct of information fiduciary. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's a really intriguing. I, I think, and it's a clunky Explain word. That. Explain um, them, the idea is that a company or an institution that is holding your data on your behalf to provide you a service, whether it's email or phone or whatever the service is, not unlike the way a bank holds your money in fiduciary trust for you, mm-hmm. has an ongoing duty of care to you I mean, to, to use it right to use it in the way. Now they also get some benefit. Let's be also really yeah, honest. They, they also interest. get benefits, right? right? They make the interest and they can invest that money and they can use it to make their own profits. That's why banks get profits, right? Mm-hmm. But they also have a, it's a fundamental banks. It is right because they're a lot, and and that's I think also where we get a little tripped up. I don't think most ordinary internet users are naive or unknowing about the implications of internet advertising. Mm-hmm. I think what they don't want is to be surprised, to be duped, to be have their data misused or used mm-hmm. against them. There's a difference between saying, I'm willing to put up with some ads, mm-hmm. even some annoying ads like the ad for the red sweater after I search for a red sweater that mm-hmm. follows me across the internet for three right. weeks because I'm getting the service for free. I get that deal. I think mm-hmm. we are more savvy consumers of internet services than we even were 10 years ago or 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. That's true. What I think people don't like is to be surprised mm-hmm. or to have their information used in an adverse way. So the right. bank again can use your your money. They can make profits, right. they can make investments, they can get some benefit from it. But at the end of the day you come a calling and you
2: have to that that $10 right. has to still be there. Right, exactly. Right. And not be ha- have been taken elsewhere. Right. So when you say we're at this whole show where do you think we are? Like, I don't mean that in kind of a broader term, yeah. but what do you think the key narratives are of this year? Now, last year it was all about Cambridge Analytica and Facebook abusing your data, abusing the platform, the Russians. Where do we go from what has been a really disastrous year in terms of technology and democracy? It's been an
3: unbelievable— With
2: not life. an ability to understand the real damage. I don't think we'll ever understand, right? I don't think we'll ever know except that it's damaged.
3: I think we'll know, but it, we may not be alive to know. I mean, right. we, the, the greater we, the right. history will history will judge us. And I feel very confident, again, CDT is on the right mm-hmm. side of history on these questions. Right. I think the, yes, I think the narrative around data still persists. And I think you are seeing a lot of people flocking to the table for some certainty, especially given California, GDPR in Europe, and Cambridge Analytic. I think mm-hmm. these so are the three go pillars. So go through those. Three pillars of, the, swarm of the, the storm, the perfect storm on privacy. California passes a law. It's It's tough. It's got some meaningful, tough-ish, it's got some tough to comply with, maybe, is really the issue. Um, Europe passes a revised version of their data protection directive, the Global Data Protection Regulation. Tough Tough and with real fines, Mm -hmm. exactly, tough in that way. Tough also to comply with because it's maybe not clear Mm -hmm. in certain areas. And then the Cambridge Analytica disclosures of the uh, early part of last year, which I Mm -hmm. think, again, were the aha moment for the internet user as As Snowden revealed the flow of data from the private sector to the government in ways unknown to most ordinary consumers, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think Cambridge Analytica and and Facebook disclosures in that era were, my data is being taken, my trivial data, not Mm -hmm. my sensitive health Mm -hmm. or finance or kids or sex or whatever category Mm -hmm. is sensitive to you. My trivial, you know, what color is my house or what is my favorite dog breed is being taken moved out of the country, literally, to a different entity mm-hmm. and being fed into a an algorithm that is going to determine not only what advertising I'm seeing, and that's important, but also right. what content right. and what meaningful content with meaningful consequences mm-hmm. for the democracy, right, for my, who I might vote for or what I know about my democracy, mm-hmm. what I know about the election, that, to me, ratcheted up an awareness of the seriousness of trivial data being used for serious consequences yeah, in most That's a really good mind. way to put
2: it. It's trivial but it isn't. It isn't trivial. Right.
3: When put it's, enough together
2: and no, used of course, in certain ways it's no cross referenced with voting data right. and everything. And else.
3: even it although it's anonymous or pseudonymous. Doesn't matter. So the whole debate about is metadata data is your PII PII. You, this computer did not necessarily need to know it was you. Mm -hmm. It needed to know it was this computer or this IP address or whatever your identifier was. Mm -hmm. And I think that has serious consequences. Remember the book, The Opening of the American Mind, or The Closing of the American Mind? Mm -hmm. This is the closing of the aperture of your online experience Mm -hmm. in a way that had potentially very seriously damaging consequences for your understanding Mm -hmm. of the world around you, of the Mm -hmm. candidates who were in front of you, of the Brexit vote in Europe, of whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a wake-up call. And because it had political consequences, I think that awoke some people on Capitol Hill. But I think the people felt they felt deceived about the use of their data. Oh, really?
2: Yeah. <laughs> De- you're so De- kind. <laughs> I think they lied Being elegant. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Um, and so I think People when I— People s- felt deceived, not that we had anything like, to do. Betrayed. Betrayed, yeah. Okay. Well, I think the issue is we're so exhausted by it, we don't get upset about it because we're
3: so— it's like breach it's, notice fatigue a few yeah. years ago. You got yeah. how many letters from your banks or whole yeah. credit cards or whatever saying somebody has your credit card number. You stop reading them. Right. Similarly, you're feeling – I think there is – and the Pew research shows there's a feeling of hopelessness or helplessness among the American consumer about mm-hmm. their internet experience. I am still – this much of an internet optimist, I think we can get this right. I'm short-term pessimistic, long-term right. optimistic. We're to talk
2: about how we can fix it. But in, right now, I want to know the state of where we are because I think people do feel fucked. And don't have any way to get out of it. Like, that they feel like they know vaguely they're being taken advantage of. They also like the free stuff and, like, why not play Fortnite or Red Dead Redemption 2? It doesn't matter. Like, it just—it sort of becomes exhausting. And then these companies sort of dine out on that exhaustion, pretty much, of people or not the ability not to get uh, angry about it. I— Will
3: surprise you to putting my hope in Capitol Hill, but mm-hmm. I think that the public outcry for federal legislation boundering the mm-hmm. use of data by companies of all kinds has actually some legs, and mm-hmm. so I am more optimistic than I have been in a while that mm-hmm. that, as one of the pieces of the internet ecosystem, could be solvable mm-hmm. or at least. Move the ball forward right. on that issue. Okay.
2: I want to talk about the solutions later, but what I want to talk about, so we've got the issues about privacy, getting a privacy bill, a national privacy bill passed, correct, that right. has teeth. It's probably somewhere between Europe and mm-hmm. right, California or something Literally. like that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, what else? Speech. Speech, okay. I
3: think the harder questions for many of the companies and for all of us using mm-hmm. online experiences is— What is our duty of care as individuals? What Mm -hmm. is the private sector's duty of care to the democracy? And would we do we ever want any kind of government intervention here because we all say oh no 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 government censorship yeah mm-hmm. that's a, that's an anathema to free speech but how do we solve the riddle of and again i, I point pointed to, to Judy Estrin and Sam Gill's article about the digital pollution the mm-hmm. glut of bad information that is drowning out good information the mm-hmm. quali- the lack of quality information and the fact that the internet is the great democratizer everything looks like the new york times you can put mm-hmm. it all in the same font and it all looks you know like it's quality information mm-hmm. that has led to a breakdown in trust in journalistic I mean not that it's only led to, it's contributed to a larger breakdown in trust in institutions, institutions of the fourth estate, institutions of government. And what is at some point the fundamental frontline duty of online platforms in as they are purveyors or sharers of journalism mm-hmm. and information about the democracy? That I think is the harder question because we have stood firm on Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act mm-hmm. since it's it was you know drafted and we were CDT was there at the beginning. Um, and we are all now looking at what we have wrought. I think there's a lot of grief mm-hmm. among people
2: who were there at the beginning. And right. Well, of- let's talk about that Section 230. Uh, what is going to happen with it? I feel like these companies don't deserve the immunity or the big ones don't or we somehow ratchet it down so only a certain size company is granted I'm, broad I, you know, I'm
3: not even sure of it's size. I'm, right. I'm, I'm less convinced big or small deserve any kind of, any kind of projections in, mm-hmm. in, in difference. I don't think they deserve any think um, they're big enough. I think, you know, there's it, was, it made sense at the time. I think 25 mm-hmm. years on from the dawn Hmm. of the commercial internet, I think we've got to say, I think we've got to deal with the reality in front of us, not what we thought we were creating, but what is actually here Mm -hmm. and how people are using it. Mm -hmm. And the end user is profoundly different. It is no longer a bunch of MIT grad students and engineers, Mm -hmm. right? This Mm -hmm. is mom Mm and pop, and you're doing your online banking and your kids' music lessons and your whatever. Um, What are the expectations and what are the consequences for the kinds of communities We've created. I, I was talking to a, a colleague in civil society who said, you know he we're given our I grew up in Belfast and wasn't hard and he was mm-hmm. I grew up in the south of England, and we you know, they had this civic center that was built in his town. And he said, you know it was a great idea. They wanted a place for the the youth the the youth. underserved youth to to hang out in the after school. He said, but there was nobody minding it. And mm-hmm. he said, three weeks, I don't remember the exact time three weeks, four weeks a month, the place was covered in graffiti. Yep. And it was destroyed. Mm-hmm. And he said, "There's there are days, and again, this is not my thought process, and mm-hmm. I, I should I don't want to out the person who said it, but he said, you know, it kind of reminds me of some of these online platforms. It's right. like nobody is minding the no, store. No, they don't
2: have to mind the store because it doesn't cost anything. That's why. you got to put costs in. If you give them costs, they will behave like that. Like It, it was interesting. I was having a debate with someone at Facebook. They're like, well, the, about the communications and the text section. too three I think they should get rid of it for you, but you don't deserve it anymore. You've misused it. Oh, this and that with startups. I said, we're at a 30-year low of startups. It's not helping startups. It's helping you, that, that you don't have to run your thing. And it was just, it went back and forth and back and forth. And I was like, y'all don't deserve this incredible gift, which is immunity. And if you, look, stop signs work really well. So do red lights. So do people. If they didn't have them, everyone would drive like crazy. Because, of course, I would. I know I would. And so, therefore, the idea of getting a, a, a tick, a photo ticket or the idea of, Is preventative, like, and they don't have any preventions, and so they just spew their chemical waste into the thing, and they don't have to put filters and stuff like that. And why would they? Like, why would they if they didn't have to? You have to rely on. I think Roger just, Roger McNamee was saying you have to rely on their betterness, like a better Jeff Bezos, a better Mark Zuckerberg. They're just not going to be better. The better Mm -hmm. angels of our nature. But they're not better. They're better not at all. I
3: think I am here for a conversation about that. And the one thing I wouldn't say is let's not do it piecemeal. Let's not do like this. This deserves. Special protection in this, whether it's right. category, size, content, whatever. Let's have a conversation about what is your duty of care right, to the right. information you serve and of right. the, of the information of the people who right. you are serving right. at this and a holistic approach. And you know, even our, our one of our founders said to me not long ago. No liability was never intended to mean no responsibility.
2: Yes, 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 exactly, exactly. I'm writing down better angels. i going to write a column about That's not know, my, terms. yeah, that's not it. Um, so when we get back, I want to talk a little bit about what do we do? What do you think this year will be like? Because I think one of the things I'm trying to think about, I spent a lot of time in the last two years talking about tech responsibility and showing that they didn't have any responsibility or they hadn't taken their responsibility. They, they abrogated their responsibility. I want to talk about where you think it's going and what do we have to do individually and as a group to try to figure this out and where do you imagine it going when we get back. We're here with Nula O'Connor, the president and CEO of the Center for Democracy and Technology. When we get back, we'll talk about that.
4: Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at constantcontact.com. Just go to constantcontact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
1: Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down.
2: We're here with Nuala O'Connor, the president and CEO of the Center for Democracy and Technology. We are where we are now. Where technology trust in technology is at a low. It's clear that the, they haven't run their platforms correctly. They're under siege. Although some of their stocks have ever been higher because they're doing very well in the the business of stealing data. You know, using this. I'm sorry, Mark, taking our data and making uh, giving us relevant ads. Thank you. In their business of giving us relevant ads that we really want, because that's what we really want in life is relevant ads. I'm going to make fun of that. Relevant ads. It's, it's so funny with he's—anyway. So where are we now and what's going to happen this year? What do, you, what do you think the big themes of 2019 are going to be?
3: I think accountability for mm-hmm. truth and data and information.
2: Okay. I, I think that's— Where does that come from?
3: You know, I'm still hopeful, and I'm holding out a lot of hope in the short term for data privacy, but that's going to focus on personal information. I think we're going to have a larger conversation about who really has responsibility for the content, and, you know, you said before, like, what what's our individual responsibility? Yes, I think there's individual responsibility about what you post and what you share and that sort of thing, but I also don't really kind of want to blame the user here. I don't think that's the primary solution either. I think... The one who has the most power and the one who has the most access to information probably has the greatest responsibility to make sure what is being served up mm-hmm. is accurate, helpful. Whatever your whatever your metrics are, at least be transparent about what your metrics are.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's necessary but not complete step.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think
3: the conversation is going to be about... The impact—it's going to continue to be about the impact of technology on the mm-hmm. democracy and right. what steps we are taking collectively and individually, and who should be taking those. So, all of those sectors—the right. companies, the governments, mm-hmm. and individuals—but
2: where do you imagine it coming from? The government, this time.
3: Well, yes, because the companies haven't.
2: Right. And, and have I they think, woken up to that? I think, in varying degrees mm-hmm. and different. I think they act like victims. That's what I'm getting from them, victimization. You're so mean. That's maybe just to you. I mean, maybe maybe. to you, I'm saying. Um, I I yell, clean your room, and they think I'm mean. I suppose my kids are the same way, but they're 13 and 16, so they're allowed to think I'm mean. It does feel like parenting it does. sometimes it does. I literally yell clean. That's what I'm doing. I'm the I am the internet's mom, mommy. Mom I had, someone
3: said that to me and I I kind of bristled at that, yeah. but I'm starting to kind of embrace it. The whole narrative that having kids was bad for the career. No, no, no. It has made me far better and mm-hmm. far sharper and <laughs> far less clean, willing to room. you know, well it's it's you know, it also things are really basic. Mm-hmm. You know, is this about greed? Mm-hmm. It's about power. It's about money. Yeah, you know they, these are.
2: It's not really see, that. See, beyond that because they've got so much money. It's not money. That's why oh, no, no, I wrote not, last yeah. week. They're so poor. All they have is I money. Know, I love like, that. It was great. great because the that's idea great. was it's not money. I see what that's you're saying. Getting them, they just believe they're doing the right thing, or they don't believe they've done the wrong.
3: thing. You have nailed what I've been seeing in tech now for a long, long time, which is the disconnect between the mindset and the impact. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know. The first step is recognizing the impact you're having. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember being, you know, again back at a company mm-hmm. in the 1990s, and they were saying, "But, but, but we're fueling the internet economy, and we're doing good things, and we're serving, you know, this 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 new e- ecosystem." But if the impact you're having on people, you know, is profoundly different, and it's not okay to simply say, "Well, we're just a little startup, mm-hmm. not a little startup." You've right. Got how right. Many,
2: Billions of customers. Right. Okay. So the realization that we've got to do something. So what's what will be done in 2019? That's where you you have. I have to be honest that
3: I think we all have to be skeptical about Congress's power to act Mm -hmm. swiftly. I still think there is a chance for baseline federal privacy legislation Mm -hmm. in the next year before everyone starts checking out to deal with the next presidential
2: election. Mm -hmm. Um, You know who's in the way of that in the Senate? Chuck Schumer. I'm going to fry him on this one. He can't be in the way of this. Why? Why is he? I know. Because he gets a lot of money from them, and he's he's ignorant about technology. Those two things are a combination of delightful cocktail of no action. I do think there's there's great new talent in the house. Yes, I know that. Right? Got Acasio smacking the heck out of them. I love it. I want to get her just to talk about it. I just that. want to give her an entire hour to smack them. I'd love her to come to Code and just yell at them and look great doing it. Like, just the whole, like— like, she's so clever, you know what I mean? Like, she's so clever and, and witty that it's—that's my favorite part. You wrote a great column on yeah. her use of yeah. the Internet. Yeah, moral. it's a moral thing. That was interesting when she veered into that. But I kind of agree in a lot of ways. It's a tough argument to make. That there's a moral uh, imperative here. But there is. Yeah. More than—well, there's a moral imperative in terms of chemical companies. There's a moral yeah. imperative No, I think in there is. Of,
3: and, again, uh, are you for or against the
2: democracy? Right, are you, exactly. You, who's, what are you—what— Yes, your first order
3: interest may be to your shareholders, but your sure. second order interest has got to be to the community, the democracy, the way of life.
2: Right, exactly. That, so that's—so privacy. What else? Privacy? I'm still
3: I'm still worried Great about peace. speech here and around the world. So and you know, that? how got, does
2: that get solved? How does that—because that's a tough one for the government to take on.
3: Yeah, and I'm not really sure we want the government no, we to don't take
2: want that on, right? It. No, I mean, I no, think that's, that's pretty clear, right? Um,
3: yeah, and we don't want— government intrusion into mm-hmm. private space and private speech. Mm-hmm. But I do think we are in the middle of, and it's not going to be solved this year, but we are in the middle of a national conversation. It strikes fear in the hearts of First Amendment advocates mm-hmm. about controlling speech, whether it's on campus, whether it's on the internet, whether it's mm-hmm. in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there is a great phrase that goes around our office all the time. Freedom of speech does not mean freedom from consequence. Yes,
2: I say that a lot. Right? Yeah. And
3: I, lo- I do love that. I, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the first line of conversation is, yeah, you have the right to be a complete jerk. Mm-hmm. But we also have the right to say, we don't want you in this mm-hmm. house or this party or this mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have a quick and glib answer to you. I think it's a much larger societal question so about the So where's that this year that people can
2: look to it? Is there an area? I think
3: it's, I think it's social media. I think it's mm-hmm. Facebook and online platforms and both the need to corral Non, or uh, state-sponsored propaganda, mm-hmm. and as I've said, also we, we need to start talking about it's not fake news. If it's government-sponsored, it's propaganda. Mm-hmm. We need to call it by its name. Sorry. It may seem cute to government operatives who are used to. I noticed in your um, uh, in a building nearby there was Radio Fear Europe, right? And there's mm-hmm. the the public broadcasting systems, and and we you know the State Department's good on radio and propaganda systems, of mm-hmm. uh, television, mm-hmm. and I think they don't devote the 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 BBB does not devote. What it needs to to internet, kind of cyber warfare or, mm-hmm. or information warfare, and that's a real concern, mm-hmm. not just with Russia but with China. And right. you know, we've got there are really big fights ahead right. on what content be on these platforms. Yeah, exactly. And and I think some of that does have to implicate government, not mm-hmm. government action, but an awareness that
2: there are the stakes are a lot higher. Yeah. than— People realize Because I think we've never had one communication systems run by a private, a major communication system run by a private person, a single private person, who doesn't want to do his job, who doesn't want to do something about it. And what's interesting, what do you think about Facebook's idea to have this council? I want to smack them for that one.
3: It does sound very vaguely governmental.
2: Yeah.
3: And I'm I don't I'm want not to sure job. how— It's a private
2: company that can do that.
3: You know, the, I think one of the biggest existential questions for a lot of platforms is your. Doing business in a whole bunch of different countries Mm -hmm. and in native languages that you may not be even equipped to parse or understand or really be sensitive to and uh, the local norms, customs, communications. I've always said, you know, you want to play in their sandbox, you got to play by their rules, meaning we have to be mindful. We are exporting, we, you know, whoever that we is, entities based in the United States are exporting a U.S vision of how mm-hmm. the world should operate, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily always welcome right? in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just talked to my friends in Europe and my colleagues at CDT, you know, a dear friend said to me, you Americans, you love your First Amendment almost the way you love your Second Amendment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of blew, I mean, it, oh it made God, me sit brilliant. up, right? It
3: totally, I've, I've hung on to this phrase because it made me sit up and go, ah.
2: I uh-huh. don't love it as much over there. They don't love the first. They don't time. love either of those they things. They don't love either of them. They and when like you lump one and two together, it kind of makes you think. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? Which so, one do we think we'd love more, the first or the second? We certainly love think in this country, to use the first the to second. talk about the second. The second, yeah. No, no. Some people the first, the other people the second. Yeah, I
3: think, I mean, I wonder what the overlapping,
2: the, the Venn diagram of those two groups actually looks like. Uh, it's probably pretty close. Know. Yeah, it could be. And it's an interesting question, yeah.
3: You know? I think nobody even
2: hates any of the amendments. They just want them to be used responsibly. Well said. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Now, you gun lovers can't, like, write me. By the way, I know <laughs> how to shoot a gun. I don't see the that's enormous it. appeal of it, but I do know how, and I'm a very good shot. Again, child.
3: constrained, reasonable yes. regulation yeah. is appropriate
2: yeah. in yeah. both contexts. Absolutely. I, it's so funny. My son uh, sh- uh, killed a boar this last summer, and my friends are horrified. Wow. And, like, I, he wanted to sh- learn how to shoot a boar. A boar? Yeah, it always surprises the gun crate, nuts. I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, right. I'm not so trying I know where that would even happen. Where does it's in California. Like that. We need not to go into it, but it was delicious. We had it at New Year's. Um, I don't eat meat, but I did try my son's boar. Um, so uh, away from the boar, net neutrality. Let's go over it so we don't have much time. We got net. What, what other It's going to happen, right. man.
3: I mean, we, we were just at the Supreme Court. CDT <laughs> was a party to the case. I'm so super to explain proud that. Explain why that is. I wish I could, mm-hmm. you, th- you know, after how many rounds right. of, of appellate litigation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think where we will actually—I mean, the, the standard in the case was, did the FCC act in an arbitrary and capricious manner? One mm-hmm. of the few phrases I remember from law school, in overturning the previous set of rules right. that we liked which they keep which, doing. And, and now we don't oh. like. I actually—in fact, one of the lawyers on the case who does not want to be mentioned by name uh, said to me— this might have to actually be solved by legislation.
2: Legislation—that's what I said. I'm sick and of this so back and This forth. is actually what I said, I too. said that to so, Ajit were- I was like, "I'm sick of you." I'm so I am sick of this- the other guy. Or Again, the- talk
3: about. War, like yeah. you know, ideological war. It I mean, there are people on both sides who just kind of want to keep fighting. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 I got other things to do. I right. got kids to raise. Right. I got you know things. to No do. legislation. So is what you a legislation that settles the playing field would be absolutely, mm-hmm. assuming it's appropriate and and constraining of the, there the may things be no
2: are. solution though. There's the sides are so. I'm not sure that's right. true. Yeah? Actually, okay. I think
3: there's a lot more. I, I again, I'm maybe showing my optimism here. I actually think there's a fair bit of common ground, and mm-hmm. I think that reasonable players would want the 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 outliers mm. constrained and regulated out mm. of existence. I actually think that there's an open enough ground in the middle I where there could be. Because
2: so, I got to get I got an earful from Comcast. I get an earful from Google or who it blank. I blank. know,
3: I know. And I actually and and yet I think that there are places Google, where they're they rich can enough. The smaller companies Google but doesn't care anymore. Well, that's and that's the fear with privacy legislation as well. Is yeah. you do not want to create a playing right. field that locks in the incumbents. And I right. retweeted a great I think Wall Street Journal article about this, and, and somebody in Europe got very very annoyed yeah. at me, and I said I actually think that's a valid concern. Absolutely, they have Especially enough. Especially if you maybe. get right, if you get a, a compliance regime that favors the the rich, the big, the whatever, mm-hmm. you are actually Absolutely. creating an uneven playing Absolutely. field. So I say simpler, smaller, shorter, mm-hmm. elegant. Privacy bill that says these are the principles. We know this is. These are the uses that are okay. Here are a couple of really far out things that are not okay. Right, and allows for a fairly simple compliance regime for the smallest mm-hmm. and, and also certainty in the playing field. This again, it reminds me of the banks. I started my career as a banking lawyer a hundred years ago, and mm-hmm. you know that must people have been they riveting. that was uh, yeah the bank regulator. What was the big? Oh, uh, I was uh, party. Act, whatever. I was super. Fun. I still am. Talk Can you tell? Like rate. I'm still like. Let me tell you about privacy data law um, around the world. But the banks fought. The credit card kept on Mm -hmm. limited liability to $50. Right. And yet, credit card use shot up after yeah. that, right? Yeah. And there, it settled the playing field. It created consumer confidence. It created stability for big and small players. That's what we want here. We want a mm-hmm. level playing field for small, for in, new entrants to the field, incumbents, big, small, whatever. They, but ultimately, for the individual to know, right. my data will be treated with respect, with dignity, and I have some sense of control over it. Right. Okay.
2: Last thing uh, around uh, bullying and and that kind of and addiction. They all kind of fit yeah. together in a yeah. pile. Where do you see that?
3: Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I and I told some folks working on addiction. I said I'm I ha- having had a family experience with real-world mm-hmm. al- drug and alcohol addiction. I I am sensitive to mm-hmm. misuse, as I should have not used mm-hmm. the, the phrase I used at the beginning of the hour. Um, I'm sensitive to overstating things like addiction. However, I am now the mom and 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 soon to be stepmom of many teenagers, mm-hmm. and I think. It is. It Again, it's a social and moral construct that we need to be yeah. transparent about how our devices are configured and are they being configured, and, and games as well, configured to keep people on and to, c- yes, and to create stickiness. Yes, they are. Am it, am yes, it, well, exactly. We know they are. Absolutely. And so what, again, is the... Both parenting responsibility there, but also the... Well, you
2: know, it's a little hard to fight, I have to say. I'm pretty responsible, but it's hard to fight. You know, like last night, my son called me. He calls me from his bed. Like, you can't get up and come down the stairs. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, can I sleep? And I just am really tired. I'm like, why are you tired? I woke up at 3, and I'm like, did you pick up your phone? Yeah. 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 And I go, too bad. Too bad. Don't pick up your phone another night. Like I don't. Let's start with the, 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 the probably out.
3: the most important things I'll say on this: mm-hmm. no phones in the bedroom, right. phones on the kitchen counter before bedtime. Yeah. Um, limitations on numbers of hours on on screens and games and whatever on the right. weekends. Um, no phones at the dinner table, and you know something I've tried on and off to do, and I'm, I've been a little less successful lately is digital Sabbath. Literally having a day from sundown to sundown where there are no oh, I do that. devices. Mm-hmm. I you know, and in our house, we have two different Sabbaths, so sure that's actually I a challenge. So, want but to do that, right? Um, exactly. How did it work? Um, I did. I did no social media. Mm-hmm. I did. I mean, yes, I had to do email for work or whatever, whatever. But, but it's, a, it's kind of cabining off uses. No games. No social media. Whatever. I'll tell you, it was lovely.
2: Was it? It was really lovely. I always like to tell my kids of time before cell phones. I was like, in the old yeah, days. Yeah, in
3: the old days when we actually had to call people. And then had to go stand up and get like the this.
2: phone and pick it up. I found, I'm writing an article for tomorrow for the New York Times about car use. And I found an old story I wrote in the Wall Street Journal in 1998 called Cutting the Cord. And it was about everyone will be mobile, you will not have a landline. Yeah, And yeah. I remember the hue, and no, of course we will. I'm like, no, you won't. You yeah. won't. Absolutely. It was interesting. All right, uh, Nula, I want to finish up by talking about do you feel positive when I mean, you said, holy, war, do you feel positive about where we are? I mean, because tech isn't a—at least with the media and regulators has a bad reputation now. How do they get it back from your perspective? Oh, they've got to take some serious,
3: serious strides to talk about what the constructs—again, what is the very architecture and infrastructure of Mm -hmm. the things they have built Mm -hmm. and to whom they are accountable, fundamentally? Mm -hmm. Are they serving the first-order interests of the consumer— Maybe when I said holy war, or maybe it's an inappropriate phrase. I'm sorry. Um, when I say the differences, the differentiation, the different companies are trying to make among themselves on how they treat consumer data in a respectful way versus not or versus a perceived not. Mm-hmm. I think you are going to see a race hopefully to the top on this is how we treat our customer. Mm-hmm. And data is part of the equation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's old-time customer trust. It's old-time Respect for the customer, knowing your customer is fine, but are you using the information you have gleaned about them in a way that, fur- yes, furthers your co- corporate interests, but furthers their needs and not in a way that is adverse? And I think, no, tech, tech this tech sector is not in a good place right now. It's in a, an incredibly dysregulated place, literally and figuratively. I am, again, short-term, a little pessimistic, but long-term optimistic that there'll be enough public pressure in, thanks to good journalism and good writing about it, enough public pressure from civil society, and and ultimately government action to constrain some of the
2: worst uses. All right. Nula? you come back and see what happens next year? Will do. All right. And, and number one most important issue from your perspective? Still speech. Speech. I'm going with privacy. Good. I'm glad. I'm going with Privacy. I'm getting a privacy bill. Who, am I, who should I squeeze up at
3: Capitol Hill? All of them. We're talking to everybody. It's going to happen. I, maybe that's why I'm not making it my number one, because I'm
2: not worried about it. It's going to happen. Is I'm it? confident of it. Who? Which is the senator over there that's going to do it? There's a woman who's on the FT. The there's the, a handful. There's a all commerce. There's a lady mm-hmm. from Illinois who's running that committee, the subcommittee. They there's quite a few. There's quite there's, a few. That we've talked to. Yeah, so. absolutely. Schumer, I'm coming for you. Anyway— Nuala, it was great talking to you. Thanks for coming on the show. And thanks to you all for listening. You can find more episodes of Recode Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please tell a friend about the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Kara Swisher. Nuala, where can people find you and your organization online?
3: www.cdt.org, Center okay. for Democracy and Technology.org. And on the Twitter? I'm Privacy Mama, and we are what? Sendem Tech. Privacy Mama, that's all right. my And Sendem Tech. C-E-N-D-E-M-T-E-C-H. Oh, that's a,
2: that falls off terrible. your tongue. I, I like privacy, mama. Thank you. Fascinating. Now that you're done with this, go check out our other podcasts, Recode Media and Pivot. You can find those shows wherever you found this one. Thank you for listening to this episode of Recode Decode and thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Monday. Tune in then.